Hello. Hey guys, what's up? Happy Tuesday. It's July 11th, 2023. Welcome back to the Keeping It Real podcast with your host, Samarth Kochar, aka Sam. Well, thank you guys for tuning back in. It has been a very long time and I have to admit that as much as I like writing articles, I actually prefer to speak out some podcasts and I think the joy of that that I have is really that that I enjoy you know communicating through voice I enjoy sharing new ideas and new ways of looking at things and of course looking at things in a very optimistic view because I truly believe that the future is better brighter and much happier for a lot of people and the only thing that would require us to do is look at the present moment acknowledge what's good what's bad and ultimately fix what's bad and improve upon, as always, what's good. So that said, today I want to talk about Toronto. Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. The city where I've grown up, I've been raised over the last decade and a half-ish, and a place that, and a city that I've really, you know, had a, a fairly, um, you know, I'd say like love-hate relationship with. I've had some good memories, I've had some bad memories, I've had some good times in the city, I've had some really bad times in the city as well. I've had some times when, you know, I really wanted to rip the city into shreds. And there's been times when I've really been, where I've really felt like, you know, Toronto could be a home. And and things are changing very quickly, especially these days with, with rampant immigration and people moving here. And honestly, I took whatever I did not like about that and I've used it to some advantage. And I've said, you know what, let's look at things in a different... It, in, a, in, a, in a, a different perspective because ultimately what I needed was to have this outsider's perspective that I didn't have being a local but someone else did when because when newer people are coming here they look at things very t- differently than you who has been here for a long time and and that brings with it a very fresh approach to looking at the city as a whole but today the reason I'm really making this podcast is because I I see Toronto as being a city that is on the cusp of something great if and only if it is able to capitalize on the opportunity that it has in front of it right now, okay? My strong belief is that most Western cities do not have this opportunity, but Toronto is getting this opportunity right now. And and it's getting the opportunity to become the city that the West can look up to as as an example city. It is a city that everyone in the in the West can look up to and think, hey, I want to be like Toronto. They want to be like Toronto. That's the potential that the city has. And the truth of the the truth of the matter is our leaders are not ready for it. Our leaders are not ready for it because because they've just lived in, in the same system and they've been raised in the same system for so long. You know, that Toronto has this potential within it but it's being completely completely wasted so i basically this this past week i sat down and i listed out you know what i as a leader you know i don't care what what party you're from but essentially what i as a leader would do to toronto to really make it the a world-class city the likes of a place like singapore likes of a place like Dubai and really you know looking at what's happening in the US yes the bar to improved situations is extremely low 
which means Toronto has essentially already passed that bar. But that said, with increased immigration and influx of people, there is so much more potential where we can literally 10x the potential of the city within a few years. And, and yes, I'm going to take a very ground up, ground up approach to this because honestly, my long-term perspective is I'm extremely bullish on Toronto as a city because I want people to move to the city. I want them to experience the city life. And there are some reasons why that potential is being held back. And yes, policy has a huge role to play in that. Huge, right? The leaders are the ones who are shaping the future of the city. And if the, if the right leader is not in place to do the right things at the right time, which is literally right now, the city can end up becoming going from really what is right now, which is the best North American city period to becoming one of the worst within a few, few short years. And as, as you've seen, San Francisco and New York work their way down into the gutter as some of the worst places to be in in all of the US. I want Toronto as a place because I've lived here for so long. And from what I see in it, it has the potential to become one of the best cities in all of Western America, um, North America, right? Of course, the bar is low because Mexico basically doesn't exist in, in this case. But just comparing US and Canada, like Canada has a lot of goodness to offer to the world. And if we are not capitalizing on that, we are losing out. We are losing out, guys. We're losing out. Okay? So, uh, based on my list, I basically put 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 points. Currently, currently, <laughs> currently, my list is 16 points, okay? So, the, the, these points are basically to, to, to look at ways in which we can make Toronto a world-class city that people are drawn to, attracted to, and really feel a sense of gravitation to. Now, I don't know how long this podcast is, is going to go, uh, and whether or not this was this will end up as, as a written post on Substack, but I know, honestly, as a millennial, my attention span is barely anything. So I feel like people are not gonna read the post online because they just don't have the time. So I'm gonna make a podcast video, I mean, a podcast here on, on Substack, upload it, and see how it does, because honestly, audio is the best way to consume content because when you're walking, when you're driving, when you're on the bus, you're on the train, you're waiting in line, you can plug your earphones in and consume some fresh, raw, authentic content. That said, let's jump right in. The first point and the first absolute most important point, we need to bring back the discussion of God and bring back prayer into every institution in the country, okay? The West is currently facing a decline because for long they have ignored God, they have ignored what what is out there as a creator, they have ignored these aspects in favor of of policies that favor you know liberalism and sort of uh, uh, capitalism and 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 corporatism. You know we've we've made corporatists like corporate companies are are overlords. You know we like worship companies, whether they be like the big tech companies, the big automotive companies, the food companies, whatever they are. We should stop worshiping companies and and we should start really praying to God, you know. I remember living in the UAE and one of the most beautiful things that we did in the mornings was we would pray, right? 
this was back in between grade one and grade six when I was at an Indian school, right? We would every morning, no matter who was in the school, teachers, uh, you know, headmasters, uh, students, whether no matter what religion they were, we would all go to the hall and we had a generic prayer that we all said, appreciating the Lord, praying for blessings and just thanking for all that we had. We have to bring that back. You know, I'm not saying, you know, to make a universal Hindu prayer or a Christian prayer or, or a Jewish prayer or a Muslim prayer. All I'm saying is together as people, whether we are at a company, at a school, uh, in an office, you know, at a small business, in a retail shop, start the day with prayer. And it doesn't have to be any specific kind of prayer, but just a generic kind where everyone can come together, find what resonates with them through that prayer and just pray out in the morning. Because I strongly believe that once we can bring God back into our institutions, especially in government where leaders are running the show in the country, things will change for the better automatically. Because once we acknowledge that there is a creator out there, once we acknowledge that there is a greater force out there that is taking care of us, you know, having that aspect of faith becomes very simple for a lot of people. And I think that is the absolute first, most important step before we do anything in terms of improving our situation here in Toronto. Now, I know that when I was in school, especially when I was in university, prayer really went out the window for me. And that happened mostly because, you know, we get so pulled into our education curriculum. We get so pulled into, you know, our classes and our friends and, um, and, our, and our hangouts and our early mornings and our late nights at the lab that we forget to pray. Yes, we had a church that was right across the campus. Yes, I know that was there. But even then, I did not go. I felt like something was lacking. And once I graduated is when really I came to realize the immensity and the importance of having a God in your life. It'll carry you through the, through the hardest of times. You know, I remember the only time that I would think of God at school was when things weren't good. When, when someone was ill or someone was dying or someone was not, not faring well, we would pray for them. But that's the only time we would do it. Not even every day. Right, so having that 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 connection to a higher, uh, a a loving higher power is so important, and I and I'm very specific with what I'm saying. You know, we have to know, and and clearly define who this God is. You know, and in 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 Hinduism we have so many gods, but they all have a form, and they all have a purpose, and they all have a reason to be. So when you pray to them. You are asking for those qualities to be thrust upon you, right? When you're in the West, there is a lack of, 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 of godliness. And so people make up their own ideas of what God is. And whether we know, know it or not, we are worshiping those gods, whether they are good or bad or meaning well or meaning harm. We don't know that, right? And that's, that's why when we wake up one day in the West and we look around, we see this whole trail of destruction that we have left, especially since the time that we have forgotten God. So it is absolutely important to bring this back. And honestly, people will not like it. Pe people will resist it initially. They will hate it. They'll say, what kind of, you know, uh, uh, communism is this? Why are you forcing a religion upon us? But 
if we can keep our prayers neutral to all races, all genders, all ages, then what, what is preventing us from uniting together? That is going to be it. That is it. So that was point number one. Bring God and prayer back into every institution that we surround ourselves with. Next, we have to redefine the Canadian dream. What is the Canadian dream? Is it to get your passport and to move on, move, move, move back to your home country and move, move to the U.S.? Because that's what it is right now. That, that's what it seems like, right? So when you look at it that way, the Canadian dream is really moving to America, <laughs> which is so funny because what that means is the real Canadian dream is having an easier chance at moving to America and building your American dream. And that's so awkward because when I meet people, they're just like, oh yeah, we, we love Canada, we love Toronto, but we're only here for three, four years and then we're gonna move, move to the US once we get our passports. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny. And, and the truth is that's, that's actually the case that's happening in the market. You know, People aren't coming here for the long term unless they are leaving a situation back home in their countries where things are so miserably bad and so terribly bad that they can't even go back, you know, whether there's corruption or, or, or criminality or, or, unhealth or unsafety or whatever it is, they're coming here and they're saying, no, 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 no. For, for those who are like well-educated, America is the dream. For those who are not that well-educated, well, Canada is the dream and they're able to sort of make it work by going into re retail jobs, low-end jobs and work their way up. And not everyone will succeed, ultimately, warning, not everyone will succeed. But you know what? This is probably it for them. But what about the, those who have been here for a decade, right? Like myself, like my parents, like my friends who have been here for a decade and over. What about us, right? Uh, what is a dream for us? You know, initially it was uh, having a good, a good education, having good health care. But even that's gone away. So that's, see, I'm going to address all those points later on. But I feel like we need, to, we need to redefine what it means to come to Canada and what it means to be in Canada and what it means to really be a Canadian, because we have lost that sense right now. And whether that becomes, you know, coming here and building your dreams, or whether it's coming here and having a home, like home ownership, whether that be you coming here and doing whatever the hell you want with no intervention from the government, you'll be free to do absolutely what you want. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? I don't know, right? I've been questioning myself a lot off, off it, and I'm trying to understand what is the Canadian dream. So until we know what the dream is that gravitates and pulls people from across the world to here, we're not going to know. Because I'll be frank with you, right now, right now, this very moment, the thing that unites all Canadians who are here, at least who have moved here over the last three or four years, is getting the passport. That's it. They want the passport. At the end of it, will they stay or will they not stay? That's on their hands. They decide that. But for a lot of people, they'd rather be somewhere else because of the other reasons which I will cover also in this series of, of um, discussions on how to improve things in Toronto. So that's number two. Redefine the Canadian dream. Ah, number three. Start valuing and leveraging Canada's natural resources and export them to the world which needs them. Canada has a huge landmass. Like when you go on the map and you look on the right side, you see Russia. On the left side, you see Canada. That's how it goes, okay? Canada has more land than a lot of countries. So give me one second. I'm getting a call. 